0: Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast and welcome to our spoiler-filled reaction to Spider-Man No Way Home. My name is Justin and today we're getting into the webs of Spider-Man No Way Home, which is in theaters now. If you haven't seen this movie and you somehow are listening to this podcast, well, we are going into full spoilers. We will not be holding back. But before we get to that, if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, collectibles, and all things geekcentric. Joining me for today's episode are my fellow villains my brethrens of the multiverse if you will we got nate shelton kevin hudson and his brother our marvel expert darcy hudson how are you boys how are we feeling have we processed things
1: not even (laughs) not even close to being done processing everything that's going on on?
0: yeah it's just it's 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 all this so let's let's not waste any time like i said last night we saw the movie part of the reason why my voice sounds like crap is because i was Putin and hollering the entire time Uh, so (laughs) this movie is a ride and it is uh, joyful so I will apologize now if there is a lack of coherency as we geek out and fanboy (laughs) all over this Um, and with that I'm just gonna throw it to whoever Kevin how where would you like to begin with this
1: well I know we're gonna be all over the map I know we're gonna have so many specific moments and characters and events and everything and, and feelings and everything to talk about I just want to say what I've really reflected on now over the last 13 hours since we've seen this movie is just how amazing a job this does of making me love every Spider-Man movie and thing we got over the last 20 years. I know we were harsh on those movies over the last week, but just this was a pinnacle Spider-Man experience in so many ways, and uh, it just delivered beyond expectations. Yeah, it it
0: the movie serves to be uh, a celebration of Spider-Man's history throughout you know the twenty years because I think next year will actually be the twentieth uh, the twentieth year since since Spider-Man first launched uh, with Sam Raimi's first film. So I think that this is a a a celebration of that more so than
2: anything else. It like this movie is absolutely incredible. It has every single aspect of what you would want from Spider-Man. And Kevin, to your point, this movie. I think even if you're a more casual Spider-Man fan, this movie is going to take you from casual to uber fan. Like this is a, just a wonderful, joyous celebration of that character. And I think you know Stan Lee and, and Steve Ditko would be incredibly proud of what Marvel and the writing team and this incredible cast has done with this movie and and with this trilogy. I mean, this is a, a trilogy of films, after all. With with this kind of being that peak, I am just, I'm floored. Like, I'm shaking. Like, I'm so amped up about this movie. It's, ah uh, I, I love it.
3: Yeah, I, I walked out of there just thoroughly pleased. Everything I wanted to happen, happened. It was fan service done right, in my yeah. opinion. Like, yeah, everything yeah. we, it, we all wanted to see the things that we saw in that film. And uh, if we're wanting anything more, we're just getting too greedy with the For Spider-Man sure. lore. Yeah. There's so much there that we can possibly see what we saw in that movie was so perfect. So I, I, I look forward to seeing where the story goes from here because that was beautifully done.
0: And, and the other thing with that is that it was all handled well. Kevin, as you mentioned, you know, we were a bit harsh maybe with some of those past films, but we hold them to that standard of, of storytelling and, and spectacle, you know, that balance. And, and I think in some of those movies like, you know, Spider-Man 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man 2, they came off very stuffed, you know, very lackluster in terms of perspective. And I think that what this movie does is it proves that that you can do all those things. You can have a lot of villains. You can have all of these elements at play, but still have uh, a really grounded story that just stays rooted to to its character because I think you know, again, the biggest strength of this this film is uh, is highlighting uh, Peter Parker or, or Spider man's empathy throughout uh and his his ability to to kind of um deal with that sort of in, in a way with 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 the causality of, of what's happening so um I think yeah I, I think we were as fans floored like it was just it was an, an incredible experience and and a joyful ride especially in a, in a fully packed theater which again makes some people nervous given the, the spike in COVID but at the same time it was just it was a riot it was it was tons of fun okay. it
2: was endgame all over again you know what I mean? Like it was literally the so, same feelings. more
0: so, right? Because End Game, like I've, I think, like throughout this movie, right from the beginning, there was hooting and hollering, and you know, there was yeah. there were some uh, great fan moments in, in End Game. It really happens in that last act, right? Where true, where okay. they come in. So
1: yeah, for all of us, like this is twenty years of of movies and storytelling being brought into the fold, not even just the ten that we sort of got with Endgame. This is an even bigger chunk of our cinematic lives. Of our you know sure. I think it's I said years, last night yeah. I you know Spider Man is one of the first movies. I would have just gotten my my full driver's license they right in time to drive <laughs> the group of friends. This was like our first outing without parents driving ourselves and stuff. I remember. And so yeah. that original movie just has so much nostalgia for us
2: that well you know you bring up the idea of parents driving you to the theater. I still remember going to see Spider-Man 1 with my dad uh, and just just completely freaking out about it with Toby. And, you know, I think I grew up with Spider-Man and the X-Men as my introduction to superhero movies, as I think a lot of people did, obviously, because before the MCU. But I think, you know, the whole aspect, because this is kind of a question that we kind of came out of the theater with, and I was... I was, you know, shouting at Justin, like, "Is this better than Endgame? What I need clearance on. I need to know what we feel, how we feel about this." Um, and I still don't know. I still don't know because I think I need to rewatch this movie. I think I also need to rewatch Endgame. I haven't seen it in a little while. Uh, unlike I know some people why do that have every be every two weeks, like, I, but, I don't, but I'm yeah, just I'm just saying. Why it's, does it have to just, be
0: better? Why do we have to scale it that way? Like, I think this is a fantastic movie for fans, very much like Endgame was. Like, I don't know if we need to, like, have the scales tipped in, like, oh, well, No Way Home did it better in the fan service right. than Endgame. They both do what they're meant to do really, really well. That's their strength. They, they hone in on storytelling, spectacle, fan service,
2: and it's blended so well that they're both doing what they need to do. But I think it comes down to what kind of... I think it really comes down to what kind of fan you are, right? I think if you are a fan of Spider-Man, this will be your number one MCU movie. And that's totally fine. Like, I'm not saying there's one right way or a wrong way. I'm just saying it is a question that is going to come up in the conversation as we start to progress through the MCU, as we start looking at these movies critically. You know, it is going to continue to come up because I do think it's it's in the top two. It's it's, it's this or Endgame. It's, like, it's, 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 it's in, absolutely phenomenal. It's in
0: that top, top list of, of best MCU movies, right? But mm-hmm. again you know, a debate about which is better. I think that that's just, that's foolish.
3: Yeah, it's just going to come down to who's your favorite hero. That is what comics are nowadays. It's, there are so many heroes to read about. You read the ones you like. And I think MCU is going to that place where they'll be able to tell so many different stories that you don't need to watch all of them to enjoy your character's story path, which I think is like an ideal way of storytelling. That's how the comics work. And I think if the fact that they're managing to almost go that direction with this movie or with the future movies, I'm all for that. Like it's it fans as long as they do these characters justice, fans of all these characters will enjoy the movies more than an average viewer type thing. Because again, it's all about the character.
1: Well I mean, I don't even think it's it's easy to let alone compare it to to Endgame or a movie like that. It's hard to compare this to, like you mentioned, maybe Spider-Man 2, that was always revered as the best live action. So does this at least replace that as the best Spider-Man live action we've got. And I would say beyond all the amazing things we'll talk about as the movie unfolds here, I think this movie proved once and again what it does better than the other two versions of Spider-Man is the characters that surround him that help tell his journey. This was another great showpiece for our MJ and um, Uh, Ned characters. Another great performance by uh, Marissa Tomei. Maybe not quite enough... um, happy but still anytime he's interacting with that character it's a great time so again this was just a highlight to show what this version the the home series of Spider-Man does so well and it's exactly. those surrounding characters yeah and
2: what a great way to bring them in as a team, you know. I think in the mm-hmm. second uh, Holland movie, we see you know the friend of Spider-Man sort of concept brought up, and now we are seeing them fully as a team, fully working together. MJ is not just sort of uh, aloof, or she's not like a love interest; she's that you know can't be obtained. She's like fully a part of the team, yeah. and I just love her character in this movie it was so phenomenal. She was so integral to to Spider-Man's journey and to Peter's journey, and it it's just I can't get over. How well they managed to do this relationship exactly. over the previous two times that we've seen that. A hundred percent.
3: Yeah, that's just the one thing I do want to comment on is the fact that they are so in love with each other. They've been going out for a week. Like this is like true puppy love, added like at its core. So just to, to, that dedication and the the way that they draw out that relationship just seemed that was the only part afterwards. The movie. I was like, that kind of I- doesn't make sense. Why she's so into it like immediately but i think i think though
0: that it just i think it was something that was always there it it might have just been more at the forefront in the last week but i think that they both have had feelings and i think that's what we were meant to believe even for uh you know far from home that there was uh generally a a feeling that has been carried throughout these movies and and in this third
1: movie we see them as actually acknowledging that well, yeah, and you also have to think they haven't been together long, but sure. the time that they have been together, like it's they've gone through a lot in that last week that that would almost amplify things. You know, their yeah, their sure. one week is if like you've... a five years worth of drama and suspense and whatever. That <laughs> yeah, a relationship that's that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, a good for sure, point.
0: For sure. Um, but yeah, I think the team aspect really worked for it, like incorporating them as as, you know, his <laughs> the, they were both.
2: You know the the guys in the chair, sort of, if you will. You know, sure, be yeah. doing <laughs> that shit. But yeah. speaking <laughs> of the guy in the chair, like Ned in this movie was so elevated, and his ability, and and can we talk about that? Freaking using the sling ring. So how do, can anyone just use sling rings? How does that work, Darcy? Like, is that is does he have magic
3: in him? Okay, again, sling rings are, are uh, very much MCU. Uh, creation, okay. but from what I've you know understood or pieced together from watching these movies so many times, is that it's again magic can be innate. Like we see Scarlet Witch can use magic without knowing what what the hell is going on. Right. So him having this ring on and then just doing this simple gesture. He already says he gets tingly hands so maybe that is
1: his magic oh, his grandmother called creeping it, out. Said Yeah, said like it's was in it, the family because magic cow. was
3: more prevalent in the pa- in, in history in the in MCU and in just general that's where people believed in magic so i'm not i convinced that it's just a uh, like he's inherited this from his family line he is maybe one of his descendants was or his ancestors was a magician in some uh, capacity so yeah i love that
0: before we get into any more sling ring and magic stuff let's actually just let's address the elephant in the room here and let's talk about all the things that were rumored going into this movie that were subsequently confirmed now i'm going to start with one that i was really excited for and i'm pretty sure i I yelped when I, I was confirmed. but You did. You, I was sitting I right next to confirm, you. You confirmed you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The reveal of, of Matt Murdock uh, as, oh. as Peter's lawyer. Um, and, uh, again, Darcy said it after. Was that better than a cell phone picture? 100% better than a and, cell and phone and picture. And, again, that's why I, I we got the say. cell
3: phone picture before the movie. It was yeah.
0: just to be a little but, tease but it does, to what it we does, could does, see the next sense. day. It does yeah. make sense now why they probably did a cell phone picture versus a full-blown, like, reveal, because this was the reveal. So hopefully next week in Hawkeye we'll see a little bit more of Kingpin, but with that out of the way, like, honestly, Matt Murdock back. I, I know it was rumored. I know there were stills and all this stuff, but, like, to see that scene and how it was handled was Awesome. The brick catch. Which, so good the brick catch. Oh, when he the catches it right,
3: catches he catches oh.
2: that brick and he's like, I'm How did really you do that? I'm, I'm a really good liar.
3: I'm <laughs> you know? a really good uh,
2: liar. Fantastic. And it's just it's again, it's just one of those things where you know, when you see a character done so right, Marvel is so smart to understand, like, no 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 no. no. That's the character. Same with Kingpin, right? Same with D'Onofrio. Like we need this actor portraying this character because they didn't get enough time to do it, and they're perfect for it. It's 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 to the level to my to my understanding, it's to the level of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Like for sure. that is Matt Murdock live action. It just is.
0: Yeah, I I think it's it's not even as much of like they didn't have enough time as much as they are the the best representation and fans accepted them fans yeah. accepted mm-hmm. them and appreciated them as these characters therefore marvel is bringing them into the fold you know when you bring up Hugh Jackman i think it's very likely if if he didn't say i'm done with wolverine they would have been hook line sinker in him into like getting him i to still think we're, i he, still
2: think i still think we're gonna see him in.
0: we could in see him in a, as a cameo we'll see what happens but i, uh, I don't
3: know <laughs> i don't see him being the main universe Wolverine. right, right. He's, yeah Again, he's hung up the claws for that purpose so yeah exactly
0: um but yeah so matt murdoch that was a big one um I'm, i think the only other really really big thing that was rumored that we can all now safely talk about is the reveal of the Uh, Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire showing up and, you know, Nate, you were bringing up the sling ring and I love that he was the one that brings them into the fold of the situation uh, with the sling ring. I thought that was so, was so smart.
2: He he does it by saying like, uh, and uh, we need I the real see Peter Hunter. Parker. or I, I want to see, see Peter. Peter. I want I Peter. to see Peter. And they, and obviously, you know, all of them are Peter Parker. And we get that amazing scene when he turns to them and says, Peter, and they all turn around. Yeah. And he's like, Peter uh, Parker. And it's like, yeah, no, Spider-Man. No, uh, so well done. But I want to say one thing really quick. I 100% thought that at one point his like, Weird little accent that Ned has. I don't know. I thought he said porker at one point, and I completely thought we were going to get a cameo of Peter <laughs> Porker somehow, some way. I don't know how they would have done it, but um, I was super, super happy. And I think um, Andrew Garfield was, when, when he shows up, when he takes his mask off, like that theater popped, like exploded, dude. And it was so hype. And he, he was so good in this movie. Same with Tote. So like both good. of them were so excellent. Yeah, they were they were all
1: incredible, and and I think it's obviously it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood history. You yeah. know, most people were pretty darn certain it was all gonna, and it didn't matter, especially because everything they did with these characters in this movies was more than I was expecting to get For out sure. of these. You know, and so as great as the big team up in the suits towards the end of that battle is, I think. It's these first moments of the Peter Parkers meeting each other that I didn't know how much of that, if any, we were really going to get, and instead it was thirty minutes of just peter Parkery goodness, and it's it's just such a testament to the legacy of these actors left in the roles and the ability for Marvel to somehow bring them in, and you instantly accept it, you're instantly happy about what's going on, and just can't wait to see the next line of dialogue exchanged between them
0: absolutely it, it was. They gave us more than we were expecting. I think we all theorized that they would probably come in within that final act and in, in that, you know, at that building with the, uh, sorry, with that final battle at, at the Statue of Liberty. Uh, however, they came in probably with 45 minutes left in the movie. Uh, and and we got some great moments with them, right? Like that first instance, obviously, in uh, Lola's house, and you know they're all they're all just kind of trying to wrap their head around multiple Spider Men. But you know, again, the, the the scene when they are waiting for the bad guys, uh, I I loved that banter that they had where they were talking about their their webbing and and sort of all that stuff. I, I thought that was really, so really good. good. But then you had emotional stuff too, right? Yeah, like with the loss of of May in this movie which again let's address that Marissa Torme holy that was a really emotional scene Uh, but when they have to come to Our Peter Parker, MCU's Peter Parker's assistance with with this sort of emotional problem that he has. So well handled for them to connect right off the bat on an emotional level. I thought
1: it was really smart. Yeah, because the the With Great Power line is one of now the most iconic Mm -hmm. lines in 21st century filmmaking. It's just one of those lines that's going to go down in history, in movie history. And so for them to use that as the linking bond between these three characters, it was so smart to give them that emotional anchor together yeah. That they could then team up And do the fighting aspect of it oh, It was so
2: emotional and rewarding And it was yeah. incredible to see How each of them Took their lessons That they had learned in their Movies And taught that to our Tom Holland, Peter Parker, exactly. like they they took those exact moments, and and especially you know I I, I cannot get the look like you know Toby Maguire. Obviously, we get the memes and the gifs of all the funny faces that he makes in those original movies, but that face that he makes right at the the end with the when he's holding up the 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 glider from from Tom Holland, Peter from you know stabbing Defoe. It's just that face spoke so much. In, with no words, and was it made up for all the goofy-looking faces? To- toby Maguire, from an acting standpoint, this is the best that I've personally ever seen him, at least as Spider-Man. I, I agree, uh, just absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah, he, he he was like his emotions were more reserved, and obviously not as like squishy face, ugly cry. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I I I honestly I love Andrew Garfield. Um, I think he is such an outstanding actor, and the. Moments that he has in this movie uh, to actually show some of that emotion. Uh, wow. Like oh. he, he did such a good job when he was talking about losing Gwen and and he was sharing that and the dark place that he went to. And it was just it was interesting. And, it you know, I, I was reading online, too, and in, in, in some aspects that, you know, people want to see what that would look like. Right. I, I don't necessarily think that needs to happen. But, you know, there was such a compelling uh, emotional Uh, reveal there that people would like to see that and i'm just like "Uh, that story's done
2: (laughs) i don't think well i don't think we're ever going to see those characters again i don't think we're we need to and I, i i as interesting as it would be right as interesting as it would be to see all these villains in the place that they are after this movie back in their universes i think it would be really cool to see like what does that look like to does does connor's cure cancer does uh doc ock like actually create sustainable energy like how does that work um but at the same time, yeah, to your point, I don't think we need to necessarily see no,
0: they, it. They, they they gave him the right they gave them the right portrayals in this movie right? to be an emotional anchor for Tom Holland to to get over that barrier. Of, but when he of catches yeah.
2: Dude, catches MJ. Oh,
0: like like, like I'm still like getting chills, like, man. Fanboy tears she, everywhere. It was so And she's good. like, Are you okay? Yeah.
2: And he's like, I'm okay. Like I'm just huh. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean I, I called the moment happening, yeah, yeah. but but the the performance he gives that re, that sigh of relief he he expels yeah. after he realizes she's okay was something i didn't even consider and it was just the, the best part of that moment it was that, unbelievable when
0: when when he's, when Tom when Tom Holland gets hit by that glider and they immediately cut to Andrew Garfield that theater Popped, bro.
3: Like it was just like, let's go. Like I think even Nate was like, let's yeah. fucking go, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when that happens in a movie. Movies are not paced like sitcoms where they give you pauses to cheer. So like cheering yeah. over some pivotal lines and opening I know. dialogue with yeah, of characters is one of the lines. most annoying things I can find about a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm looking forward to seeing it again today the afternoon. Hopefully it's a quieter crowd and I can catch Maybe. some of those moments because cheering takes me out of the movie. And I I just gotta say that you guys keep talking about how it's a good thing. And it drives me insane
1: you should not go to a movie like that on opening <laughs> night <then 'cause- laughs> i happy though
3: because then i get spoiled so yeah, that's why true. i usually go twice
0: yeah, yeah exactly and i i i don't know i think i'm i'm mixed with it i think i i appreciate the excitement because i'm i'm definitely one of the people that would be a part of that excitement
1: i'll say you you're 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 a, you're a loud person you always have been you know we always used to joke we could hear you sneeze down the hall in high school <laughs> yeah. um but no but you're loud but you scream woohoo and you celebrate, yeah. yeah. You don't start yelling out sentences like these. People are going, yeah. "Oh yeah, this is so awesome and amazing." And it's like I don't need to hear you yeah, say yeah, that shut stuff. Up, shut Just up, give yeah, a hoot, yeah. a holler, yeah, a clap. Yeah. That's fine. But don't yeah.
2: record a podcast while you're watching the movie. Yeah, right? I don't need yeah, yeah. Right, right here. Commentary. Yeah. That's you know, Th- to the, the point DVD where, like, I would, I would, I would be clapping and hooting and hollering, and then all of a sudden, I felt compelled to be like, "Okay, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up." Like shut up! We got to hear them now. Yeah, I think um, there's a level but,
1: that you can do to make it still fun, but also yes. respectful for those who want to hear those. Like we finally get to see these guys back on screen in what 10, 15 years, whatever it is. Yeah, and you we don't, don't know what, know what the first thing they said. Yeah.
3: is. yeah. That's that is my biggest pet peeve. Is like, yes, you guys all care about this character. Can we hear what he's saying, please?
1: Yeah, yeah. One more, one so more quick shout to Garfield because not only yes. were his emotional performances. Incredible! One of the highlights of the film for me. This character is so redeemed for me now. Like I'm, I can't wait to watch Amazing Spider Man One and Two again just so I can watch him in this. You know, like this. That's the power of this movie. But the comedy that he brings to his version of Peter Parker as well, just making fun of his own villains. You know, I thought some really lame villains. The way when they're all assigning roll calls and he's just like, Yeah, fine, Peter Parker Three, whatever. Let's go. You know, (laughs) I just, I enjoyed that. Yeah.
3: The fact that he is number three, and he's the only one of the three who didn't get a third movie. I like he now has his three. It's just it's part of his name.
2: Like, there you go. <laughs> I also just wanted to like the the they did the meme, they did the pointing at each other meme while they were assigning the the one twos and threes. Um, and just from a standpoint of you know, again, we're talking about this movie as a celebration of all things Spider Man. This movie is. A celebration of Peter Parker and every single aspect of Peter Parker. That science scene where they team up and yeah. they're all just doing science. I'm just like, they have the lab coats on, and I'm just like, that was this more is science. incredible. This that is the science is-
0: Tobey Maguire that we got in this movie than we did in the other. In any
2: of the, of the course. And it, and you see, like, that's what the character, all the way back to the comic books, the root of the character is. And this movie touches upon every single moment. And, and, and I don't mean to bring up the the May scene again because we kind of already covered it, but, like, this movie takes all of the aspects of what we've seen with Spider-Man and somehow fits it into a movie that doesn't feel overstuffed. This is on top of the fact that we have five villains, and Darcy said maybe six, but we'll get to that after credits thing later on. But but five villains in this movie—it's absolutely phenomenal. Well, yeah, let's let's
0: get into the villains aspect because they they were definitely some of the highlights as well. Um, I, I personally think that Willem <sighs> Dafoe's uh, Norman Osborn was was absolutely outstanding, and he adapted his character for the mcu but not by that much there was still a bit of camp theatricality to his green goblin but it worked it's just nice that he didn't have to wear the elf helmet yes, the green <laughs> elf the flying green <laughs> yeah, elf they look like that a helmet right away eh they showed yeah. you him in mm-hmm. the helmet
1: then we're like and now we don't have to look at it again brilliant There we
3: go yeah. And again, I think that was really good too, because it just goes to show, it's victimizing him more. Like he yes. isn't just this, like, because in the comics, it's a, a, like an alternate ego is this yeah, green exactly. goblin that's taking over him. And like, so to really drive that home even more with this movie after his, the performance in Spider-Man 1, I just, I loved it. It was a, a brilliant return to the character who's just been trapped behind his own, like eyes, basically. I loved right. it.
2: Right. They, they highlighted his mental health his problems Mm -hmm. with his mental health Mm -hmm. and and his bipolar you know aspect of the character and i i think that was done so well and this is a way that like and i kind of said it as we left the theater i'm like all of the characters still felt slightly theatrical but scaled down in a way that i knew the mcu would do that i knew the marvel writers would do in a sense of it wasn't too theatrical but it still kept it theatrical enough and they did it in such a smart way well, like I also think that you know we talked about
0: the Spider-Man banter, right? And we got a villains banter oh, when they're yeah. in their little cells, and I think that that was that was actually kind of really fun, right? And like they they weren't so you know again to your point Nate like they weren't so above themselves that they were super villains it it felt like they were a little bit more grounded in in some sense of humility where they were like comedic with one another and even with with Ned in them and it was just it was refreshing to see that they you know kept some of the best parts of these villains but also adapted them for the MCU
3: I mean, that's the one problem I had with the villains is when they're interacting with each other, they're oh, way really? too goofy and campy. Like, that's... Mm. The, the Synergy 6 in, in the comics, they didn't want to work together. Their the whole plan was, we'll go after him one by one and see who can defeat him that way. And it's not like... Spider-Man's whole thing was like, if you teamed up, you'd beat me really easily. So the fact that they're just goofing around with each other and making these jokes, it just... It, it didn't fit with me. Like, I loved all their personal individual performances when they're on their own facing Spider-Man and in later battles... Just that one scene when they're in the cells, it just, it's, they're, the villains aren't the the, the campiness or the, the jokesters like Spider Man is. So it but just felt like a weird disconnect. But I think
1: they were reacting to their weird situation. They're all looking at it going, we're from different universes and there's a lot of Spider Mans and this is crazy, right? Yeah, this, and magic this is wasn't real. This yeah, was Sinister Six real. team yeah. up. This was, yeah. what would happen if the Sinister stick was, Six was amalgamated from a whole bunch of different universes and these guys all had to go, uh, what is going on? But it,
0: to your point, Darcy, it, it's not very accurate in terms of the comics and and, and the It doesn't
1: feel terms. they're in character to them, especially all the In recently.
0: But it feels it feels very MCU character, right? So Yes.
2: And I think that was done purposefully mm-hmm. to add a level of sort of levity in the moments where you're like, wait, they're starting to become good guys. Whoa, they're teaming up with Peter. Whoa, they're going to like Happy's apartment and hanging out and, and making appetizers? Like, what is going on? And I think that was really just to get to that twist moment that as soon as it happened reminded me of the moment in, in the, the Holland trilogy where we get to see Adrian Toomes for the first time. The door opens. I had that same sort of gut-sinking feeling the moment that Spidey, you know, Peter feels his Peter tingle, and, and which is hard to say and while talking about this scene. But <laughs> um, he, he has that moment and he looks at Defoe and Defoe, you know, Norman Osborn turns. And that gut-sinking moment was the exact same, and it was so phenomenal. So I think they tried to maybe make them a little bit more goofy to get to that sort of really contrast aspect of that character and that scene.
3: I don't know. I just it kind of took it out, of, uh, took me out of it a bit. Just again, yeah. villains are supposed to be evil, not joking with each other and a bunch of teenagers. <laughs>
0: again it's it's MCU I think this is their adaptation of it I think it makes sense it didn't feel like oh this is so out of left field you know like I think even the fact that some of them poked fun at each other for like
1: wow you take yourself pretty seriously right like kind of thing yeah. Like it yeah, just sort I of
0: felt like that at times right
1: they had to poke fun at themselves because look at what we've just been talking about for the last two weeks about these characters and how over the top and goofy they can come off and so I think the better approach there was until we were going to see them actually fighting to get to spend more time on screen with them we needed them to poke fun at their histories and where they came from and how ridiculous Electra was and everything like that you know it just it helped to finally set them up and then all of a sudden they've entered this new world and and becomes you know even more powerful and and hell-bent on maintaining that power that it all just works to sort of develop those characters
2: that being said i will say It's a very small nitpick, and it's really my only nitpick from a standpoint of something that I didn't quite enjoy as much was Lizard and Electro. I do think they were really? needed to bring in Garfield. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like they kind of fell into the background and I get it. Like I don't I, I wouldn't have a way to write them any better, but I just felt like they were used as more plot devices than they were like cuz you see the the development of Doc Ock, you see the development of Green Goblin and to the most part you do see the the development of of Sandman, of of Flint. But but these two characters, I just felt especially Lizard was just kind of like there for the a lot of the movie. And yes, Electro was there. He was present. He had lines. But from a standpoint of character development, from a standpoint of how much I enjoyed looking at those characters and, and what they gave me, I didn't get nearly as much out of it. But again, so, but, it's but a I, small but nitpick. I wonder
1: if that's intentional because this was almost their chance to have Norman Osborne character in... Interact with Peter without having to introduce him into the MCU. I think a character like Connors, now that we see Peter going off to school, he could meet his own Dr. True. Connors and have his yeah, conversation with the lizard. But then you don't, you know, they've got so many big bads to set up that this was almost their chance to do the Green Goblin story with this Spider Man and not have to do all those introductions of those characters. Smart.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and I, I agree with you on the lizard thing. He was, he did feel very underutilized and like we, really only saw Re Evans for like that one split second in the, after the transformation. So it was, it was very odd in that sense, but the Electro I thought was really unique. Again, going back to comic origins, Electro, when he first gets his powers is very weak and ends up taking Stark tech to power himself up. So that whole, him stealing the arc reactor and becoming obsessed with this, this stronger power. It it makes sense in line with his character. He was all about trying to absorb all the power and become this godlike being and now he has that chance to in this new universe. So, of course, that's going to be an enticing option to him. So. And
0: I have to say, I enjoyed his portrayal um, mm-hmm. far the, the, more His in this ideal movie. Self. And, and then, it, you know, Jamie Foxx did a great job here versus The Amazing Spider-Man 2. He didn't overact. He felt very on par with everyone else. Um, and, and I think that, that you know, again, this was his second shot at doing that. And if there was a way to, to somehow incorporate him, like, I, I thought... I honestly thought he wasn't going to go back because when he hints at the idea that, you know, he doesn't want to go back. I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. What if some of these guys don't go back? Like he would be one of those people that probably wouldn't go back. But or I mean, don't. It wasn't silly. a choice. Right. I don't think. Right. They no, had now, uh, obviously, yeah. as we've seen the movie, of course, we we
2: realize that. And I get it. Like he's a new this is a new version of him. I totally understand that aspect. I just felt like there was nothing of Max Dillon in that character once he turned back I thought we were going to even get even just like a weird little goofy chuckle or like maybe he's got to put glasses on or something I don't know like I just felt like they completely lost that Max Dillon character with him good. um but but well good sure but I, I good. still felt it was the Max Dillon, it was like though, it was
0: we... it was a horrible character
3: <laughs> yeah I, I still felt the good parts of the Max Dillon when we see him like confront his Spidey at the end there. Yeah. It's been like, like that whole little thing about being from Queens, you know, a, a, a little kid, thought he'd be black. I love that line and the fact that that's even alluding to oh, Miles Morales Miles, somewhere yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. And then again, like, again, going with the multiverse thing, who's, who's to say that just because he's seen this other universe doesn't mean he's not going to try and get back here. Right. Like, he didn't want to be cured. He wanted that power still. So what is, what's to say that, that he won't want that power again once he gets True. back to wherever he's going? Because again, this is, seems like we're setting up new uh, variants and timelines. Like, these well, are variants that yeah. escaped their death by having their powers taken away. At least Wait. that's what I'm assuming is going to happen. Yeah, like, and you it's... guys,
0: you guys bring up a really good point, and that's the question I kept asking myself the entire time, like going into this movie. It's like now that we're seeing, you know, Doc Connors, the Lizard, we're seeing Otto Octavius, Doctor as Doctor Octopus, Norman Osborn, right as as the Green Goblin. Does that now mean that we won't see them in the MCU? iteration of Tom Holland but you know Darcy brought up a really great point you know it doesn't need to be the same name we have Michelle Jones as right yeah Mary Jane right so it, yeah it, the reality is is that there could be a different take with the characters but you know with that in mind would you want to see any of them sort of be reimagined in the MCU
3: there are so many potential villains in Spider-Man's rogue gallery that we well this you know the six that we've seen more of in the in all the movies of spider-man there are like that many more great ones and like we got a sneak peek at that almost in one of the scenes in the movie where when reality's breaking apart we could see you know the scorpion coming through yeah rhino in the classic suit you know it looked like i saw like what looked like a craven guy with a spear and like the big poofy vest collar thing like there's there's so much potential in that out there that like we don't need to keep going back to these villains that we've already seen a, a good story of especially with this you know culmination to a lot of these villain stories i thought like we we can leave them behind and move on to future villains i think which would be really cool okay so
0: with everything that happened in this movie uh you know we end in a bit of a sad note but maybe you know probably the smartest way that this trilogy could end with almost a restart on peter parker story because now no one's going to know that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Uh and and that's that's interesting. All of his friends, anyone who knows him, they'll know Spider-Man, but they won't know that Peter Parker
2: is Spider-Man. Well, and, and they don't of, even know who Peter Parker
1: is. Yeah, and I think I think honestly speaking of, you know, his friends, I think that was our send-off, our farewell for for Ned and MJ, I think they're going to go and happily live their lives and Peter's got to accept that and move on and I think this is how you meet like maybe a Gwen Stacy in college or something.
2: No, no, no. Bring MJ back at least. Come on. I can't deal with that.
3: Zendaya's uh, MJ (laughs) is uh, brilliant because it's a marriage of the Gwen Stacy character with the smarts and intelligence with the aloofness and, you know, out of your, like girl next door that Mary Jane was. So like, it's, yeah. she's the perfect marriage of these two characters. And the fact that we see her still wearing the Black Dahlia necklace at the end of the movie there, she has feelings for someone, she just can't remember who. Like There's a part of her that is missing, clearly. Like, Again, they did a really good job of building up that relationship, and she was thrown off by the fact that he already knew about her line about disappointment and stuff like that. So I think we will see more relationship, maybe not right away, they yeah. are going to Boston. Maybe they'll take a movie off two years. You know, get their d- d- degrees while Peter is getting his GED. Because again, having with Peter Parker never having existed, he has to go back to like, get his high school diploma again, so he can start applying to universities and and create a life for himself. I think Interesting. it's. I again w- was hoping that this movie would do that, would send him back to the you know friendly neighborhood Spider Man without any Avengers level help. That he can go to. Yeah, which no tech in, in his, his suits. Movies. Yeah, no no he's magic like, gadgets
0: yeah, and, and no one it's knows. It's just a yeah.
3: guy, it's a boy in his, his tech, basically, which is and in like, a nice flashy suit.
1: You guys see that but, so flashy that, suit? Was that cartoon esque? Was that from the nineties cartoon? Oh, is that what that was? I think it was more the... an
0: inspiration from the other Spider Men that he met. Right. But like it was it that looked, that yeah.
1: bright blue is the brightest blue we've seen since the pointing meme, basically. I you think know? that's like
3: more comic book again, yeah, because yeah, the right, comic it book it's like it's a teal, like a super bright, vibrant blue. So like I think that's what it's going back they to. They ended again. it with him,
2: yeah, making his costume his original it's the original Spider-Man costume. I will say the shout out to Mr. Dit Ditkovic is his name, I think. Uh the landlord, with the guy at the end when he when Peter opens up his door and he hears, you know, don't forget the rent or something like that. I was just like, Awesome, let's go. And I think it's it's just, again, as sad as I was to see him lose Ned and lose MJ, I, I, was, I was just so incredibly happy with where they put that character right at the end yeah. of him being in his apartment, he's on his own, and he's figuring Starting out his life him. because that's literally where our other two Peters kind of ended up, right? And so it's just a it, perfect blend of those characters and of that storyline and and him making his own suit and everything, like, it was just... Perfect.
3: He seemed happy at the end too, which was a big takeaway. Like relieved. He's he's, yeah. he's he's relieved. He understands that he made the right choice and is okay with whatever path may lie ahead for him because yeah. he he know, he believes he's done the right thing, which yeah. I think is a great thing to leave a Spider-Man in. Like he's not going to have this dark past anymore. We've seen that story with him. Now he's all about being the hero he's born to be.
0: Well, yeah, I, I I'm I'm totally with you, Darcy. I think that it's it's a very interesting way to wrap up this this trilogy by kind of resetting spider-man no one knows who peter parker is he doesn't have the gadgets he's going to go back to this sort of street level with science as in his back pocket to help him improve on his abilities uh yeah i'm excited to see what that future is going to look like
1: and as upsetting as it would be what if there is no future what if that truly is our final glimpse of the mcu tom holland i i really hope it is isn't. No, i really don't think no. it will be but even if it were they left that character in such a beautiful place that we could just know that he's happy in life and he can swing off and do his spider-man thing and he doesn't need he's just, to he's helping the little people yeah he's back to the friendly neighborhood like you said Dars, and and yeah like i i again i want more i want more 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 but if it if we don't this movie was the perfect way to wrap all of that up with all of our characters in the right place heading towards a good direction.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that even if they did decided not to continue with Tom Holland in the MCU sort of Spider-Man, this was the best way to send off that character and, and basically say that he's still Spider-Man, but he has a new story to be told. So, um, all right, well, that was lengthy and all over the place, but, uh, <laughs> let's try to bring this back to formula here. And, uh, uh let's offer up uh our our ratings and and uh maybe some quick final thoughts on 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 you know just reiterating some of the highlights um and today we're going to be doing it out of five spider-men nate why don't you start
2: (laughs) sure thing okay i'm gonna keep it short and sweet because usually i go pretty long in the tooth with these rating things um this is this movie was fan service in its purest form Used in the most effective way that I've ever witnessed. Um, I couldn't stop smiling. You know, Kev, you and I got out of the theater and we're like, our faces hurt so much right now. Still hurts. It still hurts. I'm still my cheek muscles got to work out. Um, I was. I couldn't stop smiling. Tears of joy. Tears of sadness. Giacchino's score. We didn't even bring up the score. Was per, was a perfect compliment. At, at the way he weaved like kind of all the different aspects of the different spider-man themes into the movie the movie was hype and throughout was there was no there was no dips in pace you know what I mean like it didn't feel like at any point in time I was like I don't know if it dips for me at least I was the entire time I was on the edge of my seat just saying okay what is the next thing that they're gonna they're gonna give the fans what's the next thing what's the next tasty morsel of, of things that they're gonna say yep we did it we did it uh this is 20 years as you put it Kevin. Of nostalgia brought together with perfect closure, and I think this is a fantastic trilogy of films. And I think it's an it's it's such an incredible movie. Uh, this is five out of five Spider Man. Obviously, if I could rank it higher, I absolutely would. Um, and this is my favorite live action Spider Man movie ever. Uh, over over two one hundred percent.
1: Uh, yeah i i couldn 't agree more with that uh this I need a rewatch I need to be able to experience the the highs and lows that this movie presents because there are some. This is the most emotional journey we 've gone on with with this Peter Parker character. I think they handle grief and trauma and and loss so well, and then it 's perfectly counterbalanced with perhaps the funniest. Spider-Man movie we've ever gotten uh, at least in a live action format I think the writing was just amazing and I think the MCU writers here and everybody responsible for bringing three franchises together like this did such a good job of finding a balance between paying homage and poking a little fun at it it was like we know how silly that was let's just get it out in the open and then show you how awesome these characters are regardless the way they've made me re-fall in love with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I mean, that was the one thing we said coming out of our reviews of those two franchises was how much we at least loved those characters and their portrayals of the character. And so to see these three Spider-Men together on screen oh. in the same movie, just it was everything you could have hoped for and then so much more. And then just really quickly, on, in terms of the pacing, it was up and down. There was huge moments of excitement and action mixed with these slower, powerful, dark moments of depression and loss, and they just flowed so nicely that every high was followed by a low and then instantly peaked back up. It was paced so well over that two and a half hours that it was really an emotional roller coaster. And yeah, my face has never hurt so much from smiling <laughs> after a movie. It's it's hurting now because we've been smiling during the review, just talking about it again. Uh, I I've, I haven't, Wanted to see a movie again right away as much as I think that movie uh, last night. I would have jumped right into a theater right away. Easy, easy, easy. Five out of five Spider-Man. Oh, Darcy?
3: Yeah, I I really enjoy the movie too. I, I've said a lot of things I really liked about it. I could probably talk for another four hours about what I liked in the movie. It was so good. Uh, again, they, you guys said it all. It's 20 years of Spider-Man, summed up beautifully. Both the villains have amazing stories. The, the Spider-Man... Get all their their feelings out in the open, right? Like, it's great. I th- I'm going to see the movie later today with my other brother and mom, and they aren't fans of the original Spider-Man uh, trilogy or the second Amazing Spider-Man. So, I'm really gonna looking forward to seeing how they uh, react to this movie that is such a fan service to those characters. But being a fan myself, I loved it and I, same score as you guys easily five out of five despite me or five out of five spider-man despite me having those issues with some of the villain banter and stuff like that but again such a small person in the movie it's easily overshadowed by everything else i loved about it so get five out of five
0: yeah well uh this is gonna be like on repeats because yeah this movie felt like a dream in all honesty it's hard to believe that you know this is an actual movie yeah. um it, it is it is it strikes the right balance of fan service with strong storytelling and amazing spectacle. The scale of this movie is incredibly wild. Like, it is just massive. Um, and I'm happy that the movie didn't feel overstuffed. I, I think we've we've touched on that a bit, but at it, 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 no point did it feel like, oh, this they're, they're just trying to do too much. There was such a great balance of... Uh, of of giving each of these characters an opportunity to shine, whether small or large, um, and and as you guys pointed out, the 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 balance of of emotional uh, resonance and and comedic value, like everything just weaved so well. So hats off to John Watts and and, and the entire team uh, at Marvel and Sony for for actually putting this this together and and really. It does seem like a, a again a celebration of Spider Man and his 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 impact on cinema and film and and the sort of idea of superhero movie experiences. You know, this just takes it to a whole new level. Opens uh, a lot more of a conversation around uh, appreciating um, the tropes of the superhero movie, because you know, again, this has a lot of those tropes. You know, like the sort of lone hero mentality, uh, which I know the industry can feel kind of tiresome of you know there's a lot of this that's that's going around it's that that superhero fatigue as they talk about in in hollywood but again this just goes to show that it ain't going anywhere and if it's done right and it's handled appropriately and and you know you really can balance the fan service with really great storytelling really great spectacle uh you have a win so yeah five out of five spider-man all right. Well, that's our review. But of course, we're not done talking about this movie. Let's talk about those end credit stingers. Uh, let's let's start with our first one. So, yeah, we we pick up with uh, Tom Hardy uh, sitting at the bar trying to getting
1: smashed, Get <laughs> getting <just> smashed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> trying to understand where he is or what he is, no, where he is in the timeline and learning about the MCU world. Uh, this then results in, you know, a back and forth with, with him and the bartender. We hear Venom in the background there. And, uh, just like that, after a few too many drinks, he just disappears, uh, much like the, the, the rest of the multiversal characters that we already saw. But there is a little symbiote, little symbiote left on the bar, uh, before he departs, uh, which obviously...
1: Venom is Easy life. Case. Yes. <laughs> Cristo
2: Christo Fernandez as the bartender. Again, I leaned over to Justin and I was like, honestly, the way that Tom Hardy's Venom was was written in those movies – I I love Tom Hardy, but if this means that they're going a different direction with it, if it means Tom Hardy's, you know, not going to show up in the MCU, I'm totally okay with that. that And I'd even be even more okay if Christo Fernandez from Ted Lasso becomes Venom in the MCU, like, come on, give it to me. I think
1: it's more likely he'll be the one to transport it right. To New York yeah. to get to Eddie Brock. of, yeah. this, of yeah. Like he, he goes to see his family host. or something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And here's,
3: here's my thing here's, Venom here's the... needs to bond with Spider Man too to get like most of his powers basically. Like the web swinging in, like that spider look basically comes from him bonding with Spider Man. So, right. uh, absolutely. in order for us to get the Venom we want to see, we need to hit, see him get to Spider Man before going to the Eddie Brock. Right. For
0: sure. And so here's my thing though. Okay. So, as much as people want to see Spider Man of the MCU with, with Venom, I think fans really want to see tom holland and tom hardy together so again with this theory of oh well we don't need tom hardy to be venom in the mcu i think that kind of defeats that sort of you know uh, you know for lack of better words you know putting asses in the seats to see this right like you You are gonna i think they
1: could cast topher grace as venom again and people would line up around the block to see it like to see (laughs) Venom in the mcu is all you need doesn't matter who's playing him. As great as Tom Hardy is, I think this was a fun way to show, have him show up but not actually have to be in that role. And they can, they can take it in an MCU direction, which the Sony one was a bit more adult, I think, than MCU would go with
2: it. And I don't think fans need to be greedy. I think, you know, we look at all the fan service this movie gives us. Like, we got it. We're good. I'm I'm settled with that. Again, it was one of those things where, don't get me wrong, Tom Hardy's excellent. And I, if, if we had the right writers writing that character with him acting as Venom, totally down for it. I just don't think it's needed anymore.
3: Well, uh, what I do like, though, is uh, that this, you know, his appearance and learning more about this Spider Man can lead to the, like, Sony has announced that he will be wearing. The spider symbol on the suit going forward, apparently, in any venom appearances that we'll see, he'll have the white spider. so oh. we're having learned more about this hero spider person in another New York, I can see that being the oh. reason why he's inspired to try and so, you know become that hero with the symbol type thing.
0: so this is really more about. Venom being able to wear a spider thing than Venom being in in the MCU. Interesting. Yes, I think that's more they're going <laughs> No, but that's, that's interesting. I could see Sony doing that. The other thing I thought was really interesting about this, though, is that this seems a little messy. This all seems messy. We got Spider-Man in the MCU with Sony working on it, but then we also have Sony working on other properties that are attached to Spider-Man. Uh, franchise but they're doing their own thing like we know we got morbius they got venom and who knows what else there's there's rumors of a a gwen stacy movie there's rumors of a spider spider woman movie there's miles morales all sorts of stuff so we don't know what's going to happen but i think what this does set up is that they can still effectively do their mcu sony partnership and then anything that they do outside of that that is strictly sony with characters from the spider-man franchise they can do that but now that they've introduce this multiversal sort of quality and all of these elements it's just it's in another window of time it's another window of of somewhere else that that you know it doesn't exist so you know again i don't think at this point everything's going to start intersecting i don't know if that's that's necessarily it but who knows i I was saying to 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 darcy as well uh, on our way back like what if this really does allow sony to think like well why don't we just get them to help us with everything Why don't we just get Marvel to help us with absolutely everything? Because with their name attached to it, there is already more of a strength. See, I don't think Morbius is going to perform as
2: well as this movie because Marvel's not attached to it. Do you know what I mean? Dude, this movie, pre-sale tickets, did better than any movie this year with pre-sale tickets. So, So from a standpoint of Sony looking at this, they have to be looking at this like, well, no, 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 no. If we don't, Attach Marvel to this. If this isn't part of the MCU, then this this it's not going to do near what they need. And that's a that's a tribute. You know, again, Venom did okay, but nowhere near this. And Mor- Morbius, I think, is going to do worse based off of what I'm I'm seeing and what fans' reaction is to it. Like, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm 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 not looking forward to anything that Sony does outside of the MCU. And I just, I really, I'm praying, well, the I'm praying. Sure, okay, I guess, animation side, but I thought we were not bringing that up, Justin. No, for sure. Um, <laughs> know,
3: that's, still, that's still another universe. They, no, right. I, 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 mean, I also open, think, though, that,
0: again, it, you know, you're right, Nate, it's, it's not, we're not bringing it up because it's, it, it's animated versus live action. We're talking about live action. But right. if we're thinking about the things that they are doing, like the things that they are doing with the franchise, that is a success. And if that's all they could do is animated, then I'm I'm all for that, right? Right. But you know, they're li- if it goes to show that they really just don't have a handle themselves on their live action, because Venom, there's great qualities to Venom uh, in terms of like the the sort of inter inner dialogue that you know uh, Eddie Brock and, and the and the symbiote have. Uh, but that being said, the the, the movie itself, uh, Let There Be Carnage, was absolute. Trash, garbage, garbage. Let there be garbage. Is what that movie (laughs) is. So, cool. Okay. Well, let's move into our final end credit scene, which wasn't really an end credit scene as much as it was a trailer. A
3: trailer. Yeah, we just got a trailer.
0: We just didn't get the. I don't think we got the 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 actual title card, but we just saw a bunch of clips, and then it ended with Doctor Strange will return.
1: Yeah, it was very much like back to the end of Back to the Future Two, where they're setting up. Yeah, that's what I
2: thought. That's what I thought. That's so good. That's so funny. Um, and this is this is the first time in the in the MCU when we've gotten a trailer. I think right no, at the end uh, of at the
0: end at the end of Captain America, uh, the last end credit scene was a trailer for Avengers.
2: Really? Okay. So this is the second time they've done this. I just I'm I was I am so stoked for it. I just want to quickly call out two things. Number one, at the beginning of this movie when when doctor strange is putting the spell together and it breaks out and we look up we see a clear sort of outline of a figure almost holding a staff that's the watcher 100% that is the watcher in that moment which so then when we get the payoff at the end of this trailer With with what is his name again? The Supreme Doctor Strange Strange Supreme Strange Supreme. Sounds like a Taco Taco Bell thing. Um, I honestly I was so amped by that because, again, we're talking about the aspect of cool. What if is absolutely canon? And this is how and this is where they bring it in. And I was so jacked.
3: Hmm. Well, that's why I was saying like you can't really discount you know into the Spider Verse stuff like, just because the story started off anime doesn't mean we won't potentially see some of those characters get a live action telling right. the story. Yeah, like, it's just a certain lens that we're viewing the story through. So again, sure. with this seeing Strange Supreme at the end there, with the, the, the 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 ghastly white face and like sinister smile on it, it's like clearly they're not afraid to bridge that gap. And I think well, just
0: on the idea of animation, like do we think that this is the same Strange Supreme from What If?
2: Yes,
3: I think with the seeing Shuma Gorath in the trailer as well, like that eyeball oh. tentacled monster, it's got to be the same. Like it's or he's watching it and again with that with the watcher thing as well. Like uh, Nate brought up there, definitely leads towards the fact that he's keeping an eye on all strangers because clearly something about Strange is special. He's very powerful, and again, maybe we'll see more of that in the next movie. Yeah, like that trailer got me so excited. Also, seeing oh. in the trailer I mentioned to Justin when the. There was a blue explosion at one point and you see someone getting flung back and he's wearing a bandana over the eyes with twin tails flapping behind it. So I'm wondering if that's either like Iron Fist or is that Daredevil? Because both those characters we've seen wear the bandana over the eyes type thing. So I, again, that, the multiverse is being blown open even more with that movie and I can't wait to see where it goes. Well, so you cool. also
0: pointed out like the aesthetic of it looked like something similar to uh, in the comics when, when magic is dying
3: yes when he's walking out on the street and everything is like being like dripped away yeah. up, like really like breaking apart it there's a, a line in the comics where there's an like a a multiversal enemy who's going around all the universes destroying magic because he knows all it is you know? good for is destruction essentially no. so i'm wondering if he's pairing up with baron mordo in this his movie to see like to bring about the end of magic in all uh uh timelines so yeah i'm I'm very I, happy.
0: I'm very happy to see that that he's returning uh, as well. Uh, he, he was very underutilized uh, in the last film, and I think hopefully it was just to work.
3: plant the seeds of that relationship that they were friends Absolutely. at one point, so that they could turn. Yeah. Could no, I I, I get Mordo.
0: you. I totally agree with you. So yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, some great visuals. Uh, looks like it. You know, I think everyone was pegging Wanda to be the villain, and maybe she still might be, but it looks like she's a little bit more of a. Helper, like there, it looks like he needs her help, uh, in this, and I she might be saying. reluctant
1: at first, not want to do it, be too focused on maybe bringing her kids back or something else, and then realizes that you know she's got to be inter involved in the she's got a fabric sweet house. of reality sticking together.
0: She's got a new sweet house on like some big <clears throat> property there with like some trees and stuff. It was nice,
2: but I'm almost, I'm almost wondering though if, if that is, uh, you brought up her kids, Kevin. I wonder if that's going to be a really you know kind of important point for her cuz again the, the the you know writers at Marvel for them to even drop the line of Westview in this trailer you know i think it's expected now it's 100% expected you had to have watched everything marvel leading up to this including the series on Disney Plus if you haven't you'll be lost and i think a major plot point for her character will be her kids and i'm wondering if that's what's going to kind of cause the descent for her character maybe halfway through the movie maybe a you know near the near the tail end where she has to make a choice and it's either her kids and her family and maybe even vision and then you know she has to make that choice over the greater good and she makes that choice like i do think she's going to go down that path
3: i, I don't know because in the comics, she suffers from depression after losing her kids and stuff like that, and eventually they end up being reincarnated in our world naturally. So, like, they, I don't want—I don't think they want to turn Scarlet Witch into a, a villain just to bring her kids back, because that kind of it, it seems like a very odd way to take that character. She's supposed to be trying to learn her, to control her powers and not give in to all this chaos and power that she can wield. And I think Doctor Strange will be the one who will kind of talk her out of that moment, talk her towards the right path, and then she will be rewarded later on with meeting her kids again.
2: But after yeah. just getting out of a movie where we literally see the character, our main character, go through that, of going to that dark place and then being pulled out of it, I'm just, I, I you know, would it be too samey? Would they want to maybe would... kind of switch it up a little bit and say, you know what? No, she's freaking dark now. This is our dark Phoenix moment. We're taking it there, you know? I,
0: I, I think, I, I think, though, I, think, I know that's I, X-Men, I mean, by the way. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with Darcy. I think that it, it, it kind of seems counterintuitive. But, you know, again, we do. She does have the dark hold. I'm wondering if, if that plays a part into why Strange wants her help. You know, in, in the in the first Doctor Strange movie, the Ancient One leveraged dark magic, and maybe this is where we're going to see him having to do the same thing. I'm not sure.
3: Well, I think it'll be neat because we know that the book of Cagliostro is the time travel book that he, he goes to in the first movie. So maybe he wants to go to this this Dark World because, as we know, it's missing from the library of Camartage. Maybe that the book of Dark World is maybe a more of a multiversal magic study type thing and that's why he needs to get her help and that's why she when we saw her in Westview hurt her kids while she's studying this dark old magic. Like maybe that is our our magical connection to the multiverse now.
1: I, I that certainly brought up a lot of questions and it was kind of smart. I I I think they probably realized there was no single scene that they could film to help branch these two movies. And so instead, they just went with a trailer saying, this is where some of the characters that you're familiar with recently are going to be and and f- because of the events of this movie. I mean, I think the only thing that we learned definitively about that movie is we're not going to see Peter Parker in that movie. Uh, I was That was kind of one of my big questions is where do they go with the Spider-Man character after they do this multiverse stuff here. And they answered that question um, to upsetting results in some ways. But no, I just think uh, we're not going to see Spider-Man in this movie because he's destined for different things. And Dr. Strange doesn't even know who he is. So,
3: yeah. And I, I feel like it's the one that we got from that trailer too, is the fact that we, strange is going to be punished despite everything being fixed. People noticed what he was doing and aren't happy about it. I think that's the main takeaway from his for his character from this movie is that like despite him trying to, you know, help Peter out and things going wrong and fixing things in the end, there is yeah, someone noticed and isn't happy. And that's probably where this multiversal threat is gonna come from.
0: A hundred percent. Um, well
3: that's it for our
0: spoiler filled reaction to Spider Man No Way Home. Granted, this is obviously a reaction. We've seen this movie once, but again, we are gonna probably see this movie a few more times in theaters i guess maybe talk about it more again i don't know i think we're probably done talking about it but who knows it's it'll probably be another topic of conversation
1: speaking of spider-man fatigue
0: (laughs) yeah exactly there you go it's been a long week of spider-man so i i totally agree we hope you enjoyed today's episode even though it was a little bit all over the place (laughs) but and if you did feel free to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts also we would love to know your thoughts on this Spider-Man No Way Home movie. Did you love it? Did you dislike it? Are you as obsessed with it as we are? Let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we have a variety of other content for you to enjoy on the regular uh, with the holidays obviously just around the corner. Uh, We we got a couple more reviews. We still have The Matrix Resurrection on its way, so we're probably going to be doing a spoiler-filled review on that one uh we also are going to be finishing up our watch club for hawkeye uh there's so much going on but until next time darcy kevin nate thank you so much for joining me for this spoiler filled reaction to spider-man no way home and as we say flip flip, flip. flip.
2: spider-man <laughs>